Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Yeah, so, so today I get the privilege of uh, launching us into a new series on Psalms. And uh, what I want to do this morning is just sort of set the scene a little bit for Psalms as a whole. And then I want to dive into one particular Psalm and, uh, and just kind of look at some of the, the images and so forth uh, that, that comes out of that Psalm and what we can learn from it. But before we go there, why don't we pray uh, and then we can dive in. Let's pray. God, we just so thank you for the opportunity of gathering around your word. We thank you for the power that there is in your word, Lord. And just like there's power in in worshiping and declaring our praise, God, we pray that you would open up our hearts and you would shift something in our lives. As we we focus for this next season of time around this beautiful book of the Bible and Psalms, God, just move us, inspire us, lead us forward in the things of you. And even over these next few minutes, Lord God, just just guide what's said. Guide our thoughts and open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I must admit that I have been really looking forward to this series on Psalms. I I know like, like many of you, I just... I love the book of Psalms. Uh, it's, it's such a rich resource for us in our lives of faith. You know, uh, it's passionate. It's raw at times. It uses language that can be confronting. Uh, it's poetic in nature and communicates uh, such a, a special way and encourages us to communicate with God in such a special way. It, it reinforces the importance of worshiping God, of singing praise, of 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 not just having um, a good head understanding of the Bible or who God is, but actually connecting our hearts with God himself. It's given as a gift to us to help us to be able to do that, to connect with God at a very real and authentic level. And as you begin to look through the pages of the Psalms, as you begin to kind of flick through or read the, read the different Psalms, man, there's just uh, there's such, um, such richness that comes out of them. And to be honest with you, if, if throughout this series, if we do kind of, I guess, nothing else but just encourage us all to be reading the Psalms and allowing them to influence our lives, and that's a great win. You know, if we, if we allow the Psalms to influence our worlds, uh, then we will, we will be richer for it. But as you flick through the pages, you get to Psalms like Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Or Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. This very, very famous uh, psalm. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Psalm 27, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation, and whom shall I fear? Uh, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He says, be still and know that I am God. 
And then there's the more gritty ones, the ones that communicate this real desperate cry for God to come and intervene or to shift something or change something in a, in a, very, um, a very needed situation. So Psalm 130, for example, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Or Psalm 42, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I remember praying that over my own life, speaking to my heart, speaking to my soul. Why, my soul, are you downcast? You know, we can go on and on and on through this incredible book of the Psalms with these beautiful passages, these beautiful places. And there is this balance that comes. You know, as we, as we go and we see this, these rapturous praises of God, and we feel in this place of, wow, you know, kind of life is good. God is good. But then there are also other times when life is not so good, that it's challenging, that there is, a, uh, there, that there is tough stuff to walk through. And Psalms help to give us language for those seasons as well. In life, if it looks like it's kind of going pear-shaped, we can turn to the Psalms, and there is this beautiful way to be able to connect with God that we're shown. And the cool thing about, God, about the Bible, and especially within the book of Psalms, is it doesn't hide from us when life is challenging. You know, And the Psalms is great for this, both when in times that are very good, but also in times that are very bad. That whole range of human emotion. One of the things that we want to do throughout this series is we actually really want to hear from you. We want to hear from you about some of your favorite psalms, some of the things within the book of Psalms that has really uh, helped you or stirred you. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit strange, perhaps, and that is throughout this week, if you would record yourself talking about your favorite psalm. And I know that feels a little bit weird, like with the photos thing, uh, but it's really helpful for us to be able to hear from others about what's, what stirred them. And uh, to help kick us off this morning, um, Sharon uh, has prepared a little thing and recorded herself talking about her favorite psalm. So let's have a look at what Sharon's favorite psalm is. So one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. I just love how it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. You know all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I just love this psalm because I think about how much I love my kids and, and to just think that the God of the universe created me and he loves me more than that is just, it blows my mind sometimes just to think about that. And it's one of the psalms that I come back to, especially when I've messed up or, or I can't understand why things are happening and I just want to get back to God and just, what is my purpose, Lord? Where, where, where are you leading me? What is happening? Why is this happening? Um, to just know that 
God's gone before me. He knows why it's happening and, and he's leading me and I need to just trust that he's got his hand of blessing on me and that no matter how many times I mess up or, or don't do what, what I should do or, or maybe let him down, I feel I let him down, that it's okay because he loves me. He's there. He's guiding me and it's nothing as a surprise to him. So regardless of whatever we do, it's, it's not a surprise. He already knew that I would do it and, and he's he's already planned my whole life out for me. So for for me, that's just um, it's just great knowing that God is there for me and He loves me, and He'll always be with me. And yeah, I just love it. So good, eh? Thank you so much, Sharon, for uh, sharing that with us. Psalm 139, amazing psalm. Um, N.T. Wright, in talking about the psalms, he says this: They are full of power and passion. Horrendous misery and unrestrained jubilation, tender sensitivity and powerful hope. Uh, He also says the Psalms offer us a way of joining in a chorus of praise and prayer that has been going on for a millennia and across all cultures. One of the cool things to think about when it comes to the book of Psalms is the influence that they had over the life of Jesus So within the New Testament, where we read about Jesus, the Psalms is the Old Testament book that that he quotes the most. So on 11 different times, we see instances where Jesus refers to the book of Psalms. And even on the cross, where we hear him say, you know, why, why, why have you forsaken me? You know, it comes from Psalm 22, uh, verse 1. And so it's just this thought, you know, if... If Psalms were, had such an influence in shaping the life of Christ, then surely we also should be shaped by those same Psalms. And so this morning, as I mentioned, I, I, I want to do a little deep dive uh, into one Psalm in particular, and that's Psalm 1. So I kind of thought, you know, at the outset of the, of the series, it kind of made sense uh, to be able to start right at Psalm 1. But Psalm 1 functions as an introduction to the book of Psalms. And uh, it it kind of, it gives us a a framework. So if you've got your Bibles with you or on your phones, you want to turn into Psalm 1, that would be awesome. And uh, it's not a song itself, although many of the Psalms are, but it is a piece of Hebrew poetry. Um, And there's... There's amazing um, literary devices that are kind of used throughout the Psalms. And just in this particular Psalm, what they've got is the very first word that is used starts with the A of the Hebrew alphabet, and the very last word that's used starts with the Z of the Hebrew alphabet. And they do it on purpose, and it's to try and give the total picture sort of point of view, the A to Z, so to speak, of what's about to take place. The other thing to look, look for just as we read through the psalm together is that you've got two parallel stories which are told through this psalm. They're two stories where we get to decide which one we want to be part of. It's kind of obvious which one you should choose, uh, but two stories where we get to choose. So, Psalm 1. You ready? Still with me? Still awake? Here we go. Blessed or happy, depending on the translation you've got, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And so here we have these two possibilities, these two opposing parallel stories which are, which are told. The way of the wicked or the way of the righteous. Uh, that first word, blessed or happy, as I mentioned in some of the different translations. And the last word, destruction. From blessed to destruction. Hopefully it doesn't leave too much to the imagination or, or too much guesswork as to which story that we should opt into, the good way or the bad way. In fact, it makes me think of that saying, you know, my way or the highway. <laughs> Got this sign up here, uh, my way, and not in a sort of ultimatum sort of way, uh, but where we can choose my way, the, the selfish way, the destructive way, or we can choose the higher way, the way that would be God's way, the way that would lead to, lead to life in all its fullness, that would lead to fruitfulness. It would lead to the sense of righteous living. My way or the higher way. And so what I want to do is I just want to highlight four of the different images, the four of the different pictures that this psalm presents to us. Uh, two in the bad, two in the good, two in the way of the wicked, and, uh, and two in the way of the righteous. So let's get the wicked out of the way first, eh? Let's start with the bad. So the first picture uh, that's kind of presented to us within this psalm is the walk, stand, sit of wickedness. The walk, stand, sit of wickedness. Hopefully you get the idea here. Blessed is the one who does not, so if you want to be blessed, don't do this, walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Walk, stand, sit. It's this, it's this idea that's presented of progressive wrongdoing. You know, you start, by just walking in a way that's, you know, just might not seem that bad, just kind of dabble in it a little bit. And then you stand, maybe that, that thing that you were doing becomes maybe a bit more of a comfortable thing or maybe something that you see as being maybe even a good idea or a, or a fun sort of idea. And then you actually progress to the sitting. Uh, as it says, sit in the company of mockers. It's this idea of sitting and discussing and talking through this concept, this where you just started off dabbling in the ways of the wicked. There suddenly you become that you are sitting in it. You may be even trying to convince other people of the merits of it. I, I've talked about this before a number of months back, but a classic example for me used to be in the doing of cashies. Uh, so I ran, um, owned and ran a, a carpet cleaning business and almost on a daily basis, at least every second or third day, I'd have this question, you know, hey, if we were to uh, pay you cash, uh, would that 
you know, would that make any difference to the cost, to the price? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, uh, and obviously, as a, as a business owner, uh, if I do accept cash, then what I'm meant to do is I'm meant to declare that income and get taxed uh, appropriately. Now, sometimes it would be such a small amount that it just wouldn't, it wouldn't kind of factor in anyway. It wouldn't make a difference in the big scheme of things. But it's just this idea, this walk stance, that that's exactly how it starts. Eh? You, know, you, you start just you know, doing a few, and oh, it doesn't really matter, and then you stand in the way, and you think, oh, actually, you know what? We pay a lot of money in tax. I could make some serious gains here if we started to operate this way. And then maybe that sitting in this sort of scenario looks like actually beginning to maybe encourage your employees to be doing the same thing or presenting it as a very real option, you know? Uh, we just made a decision really early on in the life of the business that, you know, we just weren't going to go down that track because I recognised the slippery slope that it was. And it happens in all sorts of different areas in our lives. And some of this sit-stand, uh, sorry, this walk-stand-sit, you know, it leads to really destructive habits, uh, life-destroying habits. It's sometimes when we, when we see those words, you know, sinners or, or the wicked or mockers within the Bible, we, we kind of separate ourselves from them. We think, oh, that's not, that's not me. That's not the, that's not the type of person uh, that I am. But the psalmist here is making the point that it's actually not those wicked people over there but that if we want to live a blessed life, not just blessed externally with possessions and the stuff of life, but if we want to live internally blessed, happy, content, fulfilled, living with inner peace, living right. I mean, who doesn't really want to live that way? If we want to live that way, don't do the walk, stand, sit in ways that are unhealthy for us. Not just the big stuff, but the little stuff as well. You know, maybe for you, maybe for me, there's an area of your life where you recognize that you've started to go down that track. Maybe is the case of you just, you just sense that something has become unhealthy. And just as we start this series on Psalms, why don't you just be honest enough with yourself to reflect back on it and make the changes that you need to make or ask for the help to make those changes that you know that you need to make. Continuing on the picture, the second picture of the way of the wicked, and, and this time it's more around the, what life looks like uh, for this group of people. It's the chaff. So uh, in this picture behind me that you can see, uh, in verse 4 it says, Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. So in this picture what's happening is, uh, you know, they, they've, they've done the harvest, and what they would do is they would wait for a bit of a windy day, uh, and they would use these large uh, forks that you can see in the picture. They'd, they'd throw a forkful in the air, and the, the grain that was good uh, would be heavier and would drop down. The chaff, the waste, uh, the, what they didn't want, uh, would blow away uh, in the breeze. 
And so it's this picture of what's our life like when, when the winds of challenge come? Is there, a, is there a, a rootedness? Is there a firm foundation? Is there an ability to stand in the good stuff when challenge comes? And the obvious question for each of us is, you know, maybe even within this, this season of time that we're in as a nation, as a, as a world uh, at the moment, is what does life look like for us when those winds come? How do we react? How do we respond when challenge comes into our lives and we're faced with a very different scenario for whatever reason? Will it be like one of those toys? You know, those toys that you hit and they bounce back up? Or is it more like this chaff that simply gets carried away in the breeze? All right, so there's the two, two pictures uh, of the ways of the wicked. <laughs> Blessed, however, are those that are not like the chaff, not like the walk, stand, sit of wickedness. They're like... A tree. Another tree. So blessed is the person. Verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now that's a bit more of an encouraging picture, isn't it? In the Old Testament, the tree is a common picture that's given for someone that's living a, a godly life. The focus of the tree is that it's planted by streams of water. It has its sustenance in times of need. In fact, when it's in its uh, greatest season of need, when it's fruiting, uh, it's planted by these streams. These streams uh, within the Middle East would have been either natural or man-made streams, but they're there supplying what's needed for the tree. And it's quite cool, actually, because the, the focus here within the psalm is not on the fruit itself. It's on the location of the tree next to the stream. And just this kind of idea that fruit comes, you know, as, as long as you're placed in, the tree is placed in the right place, you know, fruit is what comes as a result. And so it is for us. It's not the fruit or the outcome, so to speak, or what life looks like on the outside that's meant to be our focus. It's being located in the right place next to the stream so that the fruit then may come. As verse 2 puts it, delighting in the law of the Lord. That's what the stream is. The law of the Lord, the, the Bible, it's the word of God. It's about allowing the Bible and the things of God to be the primary influencer within our lives, about how our lives, guiding us in the way in which we are to live, about allowing ourselves the chance to have this inner sense of joy and peace as we let God be that primary influencer within our lives. J. Clinton McCain puts it this way. He says, Prosperity does not come from getting what one wants. Rather, it comes from being connected to the source 
of life, God. You know, the whole focus and the fundamental sort of one thing of the righteous that's presented within this psalm is their engagement with the word of God. And I don't know about you, but for me that's challenging. It's a... It just it begs the question in my life, where is it that influence is coming from? Are we allowing the word of God, God's thoughts towards us, to influence, to shape, to transform, to guide our lives? You can choose my way or the highway, but the choice is ours. Fourth and uh, final picture uh, I want to talk about this morning that's presented within this psalm is a picture of the pregnant knowing. (laughs) So the final verse within this psalm in verse 6 says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The the word in in the Hebrew for watches over or what's translated as watches over, is literally knows in a pregnant sense. So as a, as a woman knows her child, uh, that's how God is wanting to know us because of his care and concern for us. This is what God does for us as his kids. He watches over us. It's this personal and loving concern that God has for us. Not to have us kind of behave in a certain type of way, to be good kids and therefore to be righteous. No, but to live healthy, whole, fulfilled, blessed lives because he cares for us and he wants the best for us. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Orewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.